Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Right, welcome back. And this week's reviewer of the week is Monica Kraha. I hope I'm saying that correctly. (laughs) K-R-A-J-A. Anyways, she says, helped me reach my birth goals. I recently gave birth to my second son on the first, and I'm excited to share that I reached my goals of having an unmedicated water birth. I would not have been so... Sorry. I would not have been able to succeed without this amazing podcast. These ladies gave me the information, guidance, and support I needed. When I went into labor, I didn't feel scared or lost. I felt empowered, ready, and excited to feel all the feelings. I welcomed each contraction, and with the support of my husband, an amazing birth team, I was able to work through all the uncomfortable feelings. Regardless of your birthing plans, this podcast is a must. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much, Monica. Um, I love that you're following along. I love that you felt empowered, ready, and excited to feel all the things. I think it's really important when we talk about birth. It doesn't just happen any which way, right? We talk about birth plans or birth maps and having these preferences, but the truth is we don't know (laughs) how our birth is going to go. And being prepared to just feel all all of those things, have the knowledge, being prepared to make decisions because we have that knowledge, all of that is really important. I love that you have the support too. And it's true. Like regardless of what your birth plan is, I hope whoever is listening that you're getting a ton out of this podcast. And I actually think this uh, review is going to go perfect with today's guest who I'm just going to introduce in just a moment. So I think today I want to talk about some important things that maybe we don't typically talk about prior to getting pregnant or until we have such a like maybe not so great experience and today's guest is going to offer some insights for us because not only has she gathered tons of wisdom from mothers everywhere she's working on this for herself as well and she's also in the process of getting pregnant and becoming a mother So I believe her personal challenges and work have put her in a really unique and incredible position to be able to speak to all of you about truths that are universal for women at any stage of life and especially in motherhood, no matter where you are in that journey. So welcome, Jessica. Will you take a moment and introduce yourself? Thank you. Yes, I would love to. I'm so happy to be here. I've been wanting to connect with you for so long. Our (laughs) Our schedules have been crazy, yeah. and I was so happy <laughs> this okay. morning. I was like, yes, we finally get yeah. to connect. So I'm really happy to be here, and it's also just kind of a full circle moment because um, we'll get into more of my story later, but sort of giving you the the um, ending before we begin is that I'm actually <laughs> completely medication-free 
it's been three months uh, today, which is crazy. And wow. three months really was um, kind of like a milestone for me to get to. So yeah, hopefully sometime this year, my motherhood journey will actually begin. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not yet a mom, but I'm an actor and entrepreneur and creative that's originally from Massachusetts, currently living in New York City right now. Sorry, hopefully those uh, <laughs> motorcycles aren't too loud. Um, and uh, I went to school in Virginia for musical theater. Um, performing has always been a huge passion of mine. And so I continue to do that alongside the podcast, more in TV, film and commercial these days. But um, yeah, now I'm married. I've been in the city uh, for 14 years and with my husband for 14 years, married for almost five and looking really, really, really forward to starting a new chapter sometime soon. I love it. Will you talk a little bit about your background? You mentioned medication and I know I know what you're talking about, but will you talk a bit about your background, just your physical health and things um, and how that progressed, like even from your youth into now and what has maybe made it a little more challenging or kind of stalled you on your motherhood journey for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, overall, kind of the crazy thing is that up until I was, well, up until 2011, um, so I was like in my 20s, I was completely healthy. I never had any issues whatsoever. I didn't even have acne as a teenager. And then really making a super long story made short, um, I was under a decent amount of stress in New York City acting and auditioning for a lot of big opportunities um, and kind of all at once. Like I was up for like mm. three different national tours and there was a lot of different stressors going on. I mean, I was happy doing those things, but it was a lot of stress. And so stress can bring on different illnesses. And that's kind of, I guess, what I believe made my autoimmune disease come out. And so I was initially diagnosed with psoriasis, started off really small, and then I was covered, covered, like, I always say I looked like a monster. I was literally covered from head to toe. Um, and then I actually ended up getting one of those national tours and traveled with it. It actually ended up getting worse when I was on tour. So ironically, I was doing, I was basically like living my dream, but experiencing the, one of the most horrific things that I've ever experienced physically. And then towards the middle end of my tour, it was after two years. So now we're in 2013. I ended up experiencing some really, really intense pain around my ankles, feet, and a little bit in my knees and ended up getting diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. So it's the psoriasis that therefore works with the arthritis causing psoriatic arthritis. Wow. Um, and I won't get into all the medication stuff, but there was other stuff where I was put on a biological medication that in my opinion helped cause or maybe make worse my arthritis. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and I, went off that medication and was put on another medication too, actually of them that are very, very severe and ended up working. But as a result, I was not able to go anywhere near trying to conceive. And if I were to get pregnant, I would have had to have an abortion. Um, wow. so then I made the decision, I guess I was on that medication for, let's see, 13, 16, 19, about five years. And then in 2019, I made the decision that I wanted to start 
personally healing myself um, because I really didn't have much faith in <laughs> the medical field. Um, I didn't want to have medication. I know that it's possible to give birth and, and be pregnant on medication, but I didn't want that just personally. And so I decided to wean myself off of my medication and focus on a, a certain diet and way of eating. And that was back in 2019. And, and now, like I said in the beginning, I'm completely medication free. And as of now, knocking on some wood, I have no pain. Um, so it's just amazing. Wow. Really. Yeah. That is very amazing. Yeah. Um, kind of a little bit, I, I just want to lead into what you do and your podcast as well, because this is part of it, right? Mm. So we talk a little bit about your podcast and why it exists in, in yeah. all of its glory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, it's it's now called Mamas in Training. And the main focus is for aspiring moms like myself or pregnant moms. But we cover pretty much everything from your pelvic floor, breastfeeding, sleep, uh, creating a postpartum plan, sex in pregnancy and postpartum, starting solids, toddler eating, like the whole gamut. Um, and, you know, the thing, the reason why it started was actually not what it's developed into, which is kind of cool the way, you know, the, your life unfolds. Yeah. But the way that it started was um, I was at a time where all of my closest friends, like every single one of my bridesmaids was pretty much getting pregnant. And I was in this term of waiting and I was visiting one of my best friends and she had just had her baby two weeks prior and she was talking about how her breastfeeding journey, it was really hard for her and how she felt really isolated when she was pumping or breastfeeding and had to go into like, you know, the second bedroom at her in-laws and all of this stuff. And so I decided to create what originally was called the pumping podcast and its intention was to give women like herself something to listen to while they were pumping or breastfeeding mm. so that they didn't feel so alone. So it was more story driven. So actually, if you go back and listen, you'll hear episodes before 65. So one through 64 are more story driven about, you know, how women um, moved into their motherhood journey in, from pregnancy and then birth. But then um, it was around 2019, when I decided to make this shift of weaning off my medication, I was still doing the podcast a year later. And I was like, well, where do I fit in this story? And I kept on introducing myself as a mama in training. And I was like, I think this needs to be more about the learning process and what we can actually do that people rarely do, but mm -hmm. which is learn about all these motherhood things before we have the stress and the hormones and all these other things that are influencing us. And so that's when I rebranded and now it's called um, Mamas in Training. And it's more with a focus on the lessons that we can learn from like women like yourselves. And so if we go on and listen to your episode where you shared all about, you know, the questions that you can ask your provider and finding the right provider, because you didn't get that experience, we get to learn from what you wish you had done. So that's essentially what it started out as and what it, it's turned into. Yeah, I love that. I'm with you on, I'm one of the women that I didn't research anything until mm -hmm. I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and it did kind of backfire, right? It's why I'm so passionate yeah. about what I do now. It always blows my mind when I get reviews or emails from women that are like, I'm not pregnant yet, 
or I, you know, like I'm thinking yeah. about this at the, in my first trimester and not two weeks before I give birth. Cause now I'm panicked and I want to know what's going to happen. It blows my mind in a great way. Right. That's what right. the goal is, is to be able to catch women early. But I love that. I love what you've turned it into and I'm glad you rebranded. Thanks. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's been a um, lot of fun. And I think it's kind of interesting yeah. because, you know, for whatever reason, women who aren't yet moms like it's almost like they apologize for it and they feel like this shame that they're doing this work ahead of time and instead I think we should praise women for it I mean sometimes we don't have the opportunity and it just happens and we're like oh crap but uh (laughs) you know if you have that luxury I think dive into it fully yeah yeah I appreciate that I I do want to talk about something well okay I I had this question and this was straight out of my own curiosity is there Mm -hmm. anyone any interviews that you've done that you're like oh I had no idea I'm so glad I did that or is there anything that stands out to you since you've been on this journey oh yeah there's there's um there's a (laughs) bunch but one in particular that totally blew my mind it's episode 71 and it's all about your pelvic floor and Mm. I think this is a topic that I was literally just sitting there like my, you know, that mind exploding emoji. My brain was just exploding (laughs) because I was like, first of all, why don't we talk about this enough? And it's something that's so basic and essential, but kind of carrying on this topic of shame. It's like women feel shameful to, to talk about it or, or even bring it up or even to explore their own bodies. And so Basically, in that episode, um, I had two guests, Kim and Kate. Kate is a pelvic floor physio, which many people don't even know exists. Um, And then Kim is um, a a therapist that works with you in in a coach aspect. So it's more like training your pelvic floor in a coach aspect. And so both of these ladies, first of all, just explained what our pelvic floor is, because many people have different uh, understandings of what that is. And then they were recommending really, especially Kate as a pelvic floor physio, the importance of seeing a pelvic floor physio before you get pregnant and before you give birth Mm. so that we kind of know like where our baseline is because so often, yeah, it's like so often we give birth and then first of all, it's like common or it's typical to just say like, oh, I'm peeing my pants. Well, that happens. Oh, (laughs) I'm experiencing this pain. Oh, that happens. Right. And it's like, right. You shouldn't have to live with these things. Um, So episode 71 was just mind blowing to me and and really important. And then another one that really kind of opened up my mind was episode 98. And it's all about relationships and involving your partner, if you have one, from the very beginning. Um, what I learned from that mostly is that, you know, especially when we get pregnant and we give birth, at least I understand that it seems like we all become very internal. You know, so many things are happening with our body and are happening to us, but we don't really realize what could be happening also to our partner. Um, and then in addition to that relationship, the relationship that maybe we have had in the past with our mothers and how our motherhood journey and how we want to become a mom might be influenced for good or for worse by what we experienced with our mothers. And so kind of the relationship aspects that, that we could be going through, um, and making us aware of that. So episode 98 really opened my eyes a lot too. 
I like those. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Of um, I'll make sure to link to everything so that you guys are listening within the show notes. So um, I there is something, though, that you said has stood out to you since you've been doing your podcast. And how many episodes do you have right now as we're mm, talking? Last week, <laughs> last week released um, 104. So awesome. Over 100. You yeah. and I are pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> but so it makes it like you've had, you know, over 100 interviews with all different kinds of women for all different topics. And you said you noticed a theme. And mm-hmm. so will you talk a little bit about what you've noticed? Absolutely. Yeah, there essentially are what I've kind of coined as like the three pillars. Um, and those are advocacy, uh, planning and preparing, which go hand in hand, and then community. And the thing that I kind of loved when I made this realization, because almost every single episode, if not every episode, talks about one of these three things, just naturally, it comes Mm -hmm. out of my guests. And these also are three pillars that we can take with us at any moment in our life, especially as women, to advocate for ourselves, to plan and prepare and, and to build a community. So... I'll share a little bit of how all three of them kind of like how examples have come up with them. But um, like with advocacy, for example, I mean, I want women to advocate for themselves all the time, but especially we're advocating for ourselves or should be when we're giving birth, when we're trying to conceive, when we're pregnant, um, and, and then of course in postpartum. And one thing like when you're trying to conceive, I personally experienced this not when trying to conceive, but just in my doctor experience, that your doctors might not totally listen to you or might not totally, yeah. you know, give you the time that you're wanting. Um, and basically, long story made short with me in my medical journey of, of being sick and everything, I had this one thing come up on my leg, this like rash type looking thing. And a doctor kept telling me that it was one thing. And I said, no, it's not. I promise you. It looks different. It feels different. It's not. No, but it is. No, it's not. I'm 99% sure it is. And I said, I'm 99% sure that it's not. And I said, will you please just do a biopsy? They finally did the biopsy. And of course, I was right. And when I ended up talking, this was a, um, a dermatologist. And when I ended up talking to my rheumatologist after the fact, he was saying, I'm really glad that you did that biopsy because had we not treated what it ended up being, there could have been some serious blood clot issues and all these other things that could have happened. So, I mean, at all times, especially advocating for yourself with, with doctors. Um, but then also advocating for yourself, like the way, you know, in, in our episode with you, the way that we talked about how you envision your birth, or even staying with your gynecologist. Like so many women have been with their gynecologist since they're like 18 or whatever. And they just think that they have to carry the same path, you know, but Mm -hmm. like you can leave and find an OB that maybe is on the same track as you. Um, And then one of my biggest advocacy things that I'll share and I love sharing is um, during birth, uh, I learned in, episode, I think it was 51, um, with Nikki Bergen and she talked about purple pushing. And so Mm. women also usually expect that when we give birth, we assume that the doctors and the hospitals are wanting what's best for us, you know, and they know what's best for us. Of course they want what's best for us. I shouldn't say that, but they know what's best for us. But 
the other aspect of that is like, it's a business and they have certain, you know, guidelines to meet. And so when you're pushing, oftentimes I've heard that the nurse will say something like, you know, take a deep breath, inhale and bear down like you're going to push out a poop. But actually mm -hmm. what I learned from Nikki is that that's called purple pushing and it really can put a lot of undue stress on your pelvic floor. It can cause, you know, unnecessary rip tearing or damage or stress. And so instead we should really inhale. And as we push, we should exhale through it as opposed to holding our breath and, and doing that type of purple pushing. But we can often feel like not, not empowered to advocate for ourselves. And at that time, instead, what we should be saying right. to those nurses is like, thank you for that advice. But instead I'm going to breathe this way or just doing right. it, you know, <laughs> right. but for whatever reason we get like stuck. So yeah, those are kind of some well, and if you don't know, you don't know, right? Exactly. Like if you don't know beforehand, then it's like, oh, well, that's what's coming at me right now. Right. And you're extremely susceptible to all the information coming at you during pregnancy or right. especially during labor. And so you go with it. And I, I have a whole thing about pushing too. I think I did an episode on it, but I think it's really important. There's all different kinds of ways to push, right? Like mm -hmm. if bearing down feels good to you, if they've hit that reflex and like holding your breath and bearing down feels good to you, then by all means, I think you should be able to do that. The difference is having somebody count to 10, tell you to keep going. You're barely getting a breath in between and, and nobody cares about to. that. Right. 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 right and right. so that's like, as a doula, I'm usually leaning in and like, you can take a breath, like whispering exactly. as, as nurses are saying things. But the other part of that too, is what nurses see like 95% medicated births. So they're having to coach mom how to push because she can't feel her legs or her belly. Exactly. Um, and then that's obviously a different situation, mm -hmm. but I, it's that whole advocacy part, you know, and I'm with you on that, right. Between like informed consent and advocacy, which I think go hand in hand, mm -hmm. that's, it's where I like to stand mm -hmm. and it's powerful. It's powerful. I love that you're learning these things. I love that we get to share them with other people because mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. And when you do, all of a sudden you have a little more control over your entire experience. And that is when we look back on births, when we ask women, you know, did you have a good birth? Did you have a bad birth? How would you describe it? It What they're really describing is how they were treated, how they exactly. were made to feel during that experience. It's not, oh, I, it was only six hours of labor and I pushed my baby out in two minutes. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Was she respected? Did she have a say? Was she, is there any control over it? Did she understand the options coming at her? And, and that is the difference between what somebody will look back with, with joy or horror. Completely. And we find that in how we tell each other our birth stories, right? Mm -hmm. You, I mean, the second, maybe even before you get pregnant, right? But you ever sit in a group of women who are either pregnant or they've had babies and you talk about birth and it's like, get ready, right? Because mm -hmm. you're just going to get this barrage of like, oh, well, mine was 36 hours and I tore three degrees and, right. and all this. And you're like, and I have this theory, which I strongly believe that that is, um, that's trauma that they don't know how to deal with yet. And they're yeah. expressing, they're trying to work through it, right? But they don't know how, and they haven't had the support. And so it gets dumped on the poor mom, who's likely pregnant, yeah. who they're very <laughs> excited to talk about birth with. And and then she's got to take all of their trauma on and try and deal with that and get herself in a good headspace for her own birth. And it is a rough place to be. So, I mean, I have a lot of love and respect either way, but it's also why we're like, it's really important that you say, if you have a positive birth story, I would love to hear it right? because <laughs> I'm coming right. up to mine. But if not, I need that to just tell me your favorite parts of it, right? Exactly. So That's smart. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 
<laughs> I'm with you for that advocacy. But that's even even that consent. example right there is an example of advocating for yourself. Like having the power right. to stand up to your friends or your family or stranger on the side of the street that's decided to tell you their <laughs> their birth story, you know, and saying like, right. actually, if I can just interrupt you with complete respect, this is what I need. Right. For, that's advocacy right then and there. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to do, but empowering. It is hard to do, and um, but it gets easier the more that you do it. Exactly. And it is empowering. So I'm glad you said that for sure. Yeah. Um, you've kind of talked about, you've experienced some of these things personally mm-hmm. in your prep to become a mom. So will you share a little bit of what advocacy community and informed consent or preparation has looked like with you as you're working through um, these health things and working to become a mom? Yeah, I mean, well, if I if I go into community and jump ahead for a second into that, it's like yeah. for myself, I think there's community can take many forms, right? But I think oftentimes we just focus on community in the sense of who's going to be in the birth room, who's going to be home with us when we are postpartum, and like who's going to set up a meal train. But I think there's other levels yeah. to it that we can have like like um a Facebook community, for example. Now, I started a Facebook community for the podcast, but also for kind of, I mean, selfishly, my own way of learning about moms and about Mm -hmm. motherhood. And so for me, it's given me an opportunity to kind of oversee the questions and the solutions that are coming up in in um, in the Facebook group because then I'm aware of certain things. Like some, sometimes people will mention things and I'm like, well, what is that? And I would have never heard it <laughs> had another mom asked, not asked a question and then another mom responded, you know, this whole thing. And I think the importance of something like a Facebook community or, you know, um, maybe a, a, a breastfeeding community that you go to either on Zoom or in person, it's kind of this like third party community. And for me, it's given me an opportunity to find something positive to focus on instead of just sitting here thinking like, I can't become a mom yet. I can't become a mom yet. And for two years Mm -hmm. being like, why can't I start my motherhood journey? And so it's this unbiased opinion. It's perspective. It's all of these things um, that I think you don't necessarily get in your immediate close family. And then especially with someone in a Facebook community that's maybe having a baby for the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever time. Sure. It also allows those women to get the response of excitement from strangers because right. I would assume <laughs> that like, if you're going to have your second or third baby, you might not get the shower. Maybe you get a sprinkle, but you might not get the same excitement and typical support that we're used to as when you had your first. And so by coming over to like the Mamas in Training Facebook community or another Facebook community or another, you know, in-person or online community, you get an opportunity to have strangers welcome you and celebrate you as if it's your first. And so I think that's kind of a really important aspect too. And that's what I've found for me has just helped me keep going. Yeah. Um, I want to, I feel like I need to put a note here for moms that are looking for Facebook communities. Cause I will tell you, I've been on some moms forums or Facebook groups that I'm like, 
get out. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Now. Yes, you do have you do have to <laughs> survey them a little bit. <laughs> Some of the things, even even my sweet sister when she was pregnant, she joined all these like do you know whatever month mm-hmm. and and all and. Oh man, the opinions that yes. some not well-meaning women just throw out there and you're like, get yourself a good community. Yes. So I am all about like if if you're in there and you can see what's happening and you don't take, you know, any of the the nonsense, but I just felt like I needed to put a small warning. I have a thing about like moms groups and moms forums because we can be we can be each other's like best, most incredible, like buoying each other up yep. or we can tear each other down right. and right. you need to be in the one that is lifting you up because holy cow, we've got enough going on. That's right. We all deserve to have the love and care uh, that, that moms deserve to have. Well, so, I will, I will and say, be one of the good ones. Exactly. You know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I agree <laughs> with you. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Um, but if I will toot, um, our own horn a little bit myself and the moderator of of our group (laughs) we we actually oversee every single post we approve every single post and we oversee every comment to make sure that we are um, instilling that sort of supportive community so yeah find the right one (laughs) for sure (laughs) find the right one Uh, okay, I want to hear maybe just a little bit about your prep for motherhood. So I think since you've interviewed a few women about things related to pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and obviously that's all I talk about on here, mm-hmm. right? Will you tell me what stands out to you most as a, a mom, a woman working to become a mother? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is, you know, so we've talked about advocacy. we talked about community. In this sort of planning and preparing time, and, you know, listen, there might be some women out, out there. I mean, you're probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not that type of woman. But there are many women out there who are just like, I'm just going to go for it. And I, there's no planning or preparing for me. I'm just going to go for it. That was me. Yep. And Baby one. And that's Let's great. I mean, some my one of my best friends was like that. And she, she's great. And that's fine. Different personalities. But um, I like to kind of think of it as like drinking from the fire hose, I call it. Because... There can be so many opinions and there can be so many do it this way, do it that way. But if we come at it with this this idea that we're just going to really drink from the fire hose, learn everything, take everything in, and then sort of maybe over a nice cup of tea or in our bath or at the park on a walk or whatever, we kind of mentally sift through what we've learned. We get to sort of file save what works for us and trash what doesn't. Um, yeah, but it gives us opportunities. Like one thing that I learned that I would never think about before is like, say you made the decision to breastfeed. Amazing decision. Sounds great. Either decision is wonderful, but okay, let's go for it. You're breastfeeding. So you learn, you take breastfeeding courses. You maybe even find a lactation consultant. You do all the things to be as prepared as you can for breastfeeding. You get into the birth God forbid something happens, baby isn't latching, baby comes early and needs to go to the NICU. There's all these things that happen that maybe your breastfeeding journey doesn't go as planned, or maybe you need to turn to a formula out of your control. And then we're like, oh crap, we're super vulnerable. We're in a place that we Mm. are overwhelmed. And now our baby has to get a formula and we haven't even taken the time to know what formulas we'd be okay with when instead if even if we've made the decision to breastfeed we still learn about formula 
in episode 74 of my podcast, we talked all about formula. And just listening to that episode, because I completely intend to breastfeed in the future, I learned by Erin was like, Erin Moore, it was the guest. And she was like, well, what I would recommend is actually doing the research when you're pregnant of all the formulas. Decide, do you want organic? Do you not want organic? Do you want this brand? Do you not want this brand? Like, what, what is it? And find a formula and actually buy it and put it in your hospital bag and take it with you. And then if God forbid something happens and you can't breastfeed easily or quickly or the baby for whatever reason needs formula, you already have one that's signed, sealed, delivered, approved by mama, you know, and it's I like that. Yeah, it's just kind of. So I think that's that's the idea. And I like that example to share because it's like it's not that it's not that. It's this drinking from the fire hose aspect and and thought process that like just because we want to do something one way doesn't mean that learning about the other thing can't benefit us in some way. So that's yeah. what I would recommend as far as all that goes. And that's how I've kind of I love that. Yeah, that's how I've kind of learned like I mean, I'm either gonna be the best patient or the worst patient after all this. <laughs> right. But <laughs> in learning everything, you know, I've really kind of gotten yeah. my my things in order that way mentally. Yeah. Well, and it might depend on your birth team, right? Exactly. Like best patient for one birth team and the worst for right. another. And so <laughs> sometimes maybe it's a matter of just finding the right birth right. team. But I love that because I feel like that's, I mean, it's very similar to what I do in the birth course, right? We're going to talk about unmedicated birth if that's what you want to mm -hmm. do. And I'm going to tell you the very best time to get your epidural if that's what you want to do, but you're looking to avoid other interventions. Right. Or I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have you walk through a cesarean birth plan mm -hmm. so that you can figure it out exactly. and print it out and file it away. So if it becomes, then you don't have to think about it anymore, mm -hmm. right? You can focus on what you want going forward. But then when everything hits the fan, if you need that information, oh, well, it. it's right here. Mm -hmm. This is what matters to me now. So I love that idea. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes a lot of sense. It's all these things that we're talking about are things I wish I would have done mm -hmm. with my first birth and didn't. And because of that, things didn't go the way that I had planned or desired. And what I think is interesting about what you said or what it brought to, up to me was it's not just this like panic and overwhelm. It's this idea that I failed. I had this in mind. That was my plan. It didn't happen. So I failed. Mm -hmm. And that's not no, true. Not you know, a lot of things we don't have control over. And even when we do, we have to change and, and course correct exactly. to make it work for us. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, too many women, when I was teaching my, I used to teach a birth course in my home and it was strictly unmedicated. It was all about natural childbirth, you know, with birth support. And let me tell you that when moms chose to get the epidural, or a mom had a cesarean birth, she felt like she failed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not okay. That's, it's not okay. No. That's not how you should be made to feel. You shouldn't feel like you can't come to the, the course a couple weeks, everybody, or get back together after everyone's had their babies and you can't tell your birth story yeah. anymore because you didn't do what everyone else, you know, what you tried to mm -hmm. do. Um, that's a failure on how we're teaching women, on the message that we're giving to women. It's not a failure on them and their bodies. Exactly. The truth is we don't have control over the situation at all times. And we're not meant to. 
Um, you know, if we did, then it'd be very simple to say, this is exactly how BERT's going to go. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So it matters to get all that information. So when you have to course correct, you feel empowered rather than lost and scared. So back to, you know, now, now I hear from women who things didn't go the way they planned. They had to have an induction or for some reason, you know, baby needed to be born by cesarean birth, Mm -hmm. but they were in charge of the decision-making process along the way, and therefore they look back on it with joy. And it it just is a it's a big difference for how we are born ourselves into motherhood. It makes a huge difference. And I think it also helps, so, like in, in what you were saying, to kind of focus on what we can control and what we can do. You know, so making those decisions beforehand yeah. because there will be so many things that we can't control, especially during your birth process. Um, but the things right. you can control at least will feel a little, give you a little bit of strength and empowerment in that. Yeah. Is there anything, <clears throat> this is just my like curiosity here. Is there anything that you've learned? And I'm strictly just talking about like your own personal pregnancy and birth and, and whatever preferences that you're like, because I've heard these women talk because of this, I'm going to do this to prepare for my pregnancy and birth, or I'm going to do this (laughs) postpartum. Like this resonates with me. This is what I want. Totally. Um, Okay. So when I am pregnant or or actually even beforehand, like some, some things I've started to even do now um, are focus on my core. I think there's always such anxiety and stress over diastasis recti and all of that. Um, and so I have actually started to work with women who specifically focus on pregnant and postpartum women, because I figure if I can try to learn some of those exercises now, then it'll be easier to, to continue them. So that's one thing. Love it. Um, my episode with you totally opened my eyes about finding the right provider <laughs> and asking the right questions. Yeah. Um, and I think I've already even found the provider that I want, and I'm not even pregnant yet. Um, I love it. And I also want, as I mentioned earlier, I want to see a pelvic floor physio. So I intend in the early stages of my pregnancy to find a pelvic floor physio here and, and see them so I can get kind of get a baseline. Um, during birth, I really want to have the advocacy for myself and request things that are important to me. Like I would really love to do the golden hour. I would really like skin to skin. Mm. I would really like freedom with birth positions, you know, if all those things are possible. Um, I also did an episode years ago on hypnobirthing with um, hypnobabies and Mm. she's uh, Carrie Tushoff. She's the founder of hypnobabies and a really good friend of mine has, has used um, the hypnobabies tracks. And so I just know for me that I would love something like that to listen to. And then I also would really like to have an additional person in the room. Um, so I have an idea for who that might be, but whether that's, you know, a doula, um, lactation consultant slash doula, something like that. Um, and then for postpartum, I definitely want a lactation consultant as well and, and want to connect with them beforehand. I think that's something that almost every person that brings up breastfeeding talks about, like get somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I want to set up the support beforehand for that postpartum time, like kind of the the rules and the guidelines of like who's invited over, how, you know, how long are people yeah. invited over, what type of energy do we want over in our home, um, and then who is going to help with other things during that time. 
And then also including my partner. Like, I'll just tell this quick little story. I was visiting a friend of mine recently who um, has a, a newer baby and the partner was going up to wake the baby up or to get the baby up. The baby had woken up um, from their nap. And so the husband was up there with the baby and then the mother decided to walk up and get the clothes out and everything to get the baby dressed for the day. And I heard from afar that the partner said, what are you doing in here? I was in here. I was getting the baby up. Now you come in here and she only wants you. And it really was eye opening to me. And I actually came home and I said to my husband, I told him the story and I said, you know, I really want to give you jobs during that time. So please like help me be aware of that because I don't want to do any sort of, mm. um, you know, baby hoarding kind of thing. And, and I want to give you the opportunity <laughs> to have those moments. Um, and I think we could subconsciously do things like that um, and not even realize that we're doing it. So I want to also include my partner in, in every way from the very beginning. I love that. I think that's really important. I know I've talked about that on here in this podcast before. I think it's so easy um, for us as women to, because it's happening to our bodies, because it's our baby, we feel the movement, all this stuff. And of course, we just mothers by nature. Right. Uh, we love our babies the way that we love them. It is really easy for us to feel like our partner needs to support us in all these ways, but then we don't communicate about right. it. We don't take their feelings into consideration. I know I didn't think about the fact that my husband just went from like both of us working and whatever to having to support an entire family right. and to worry about the time that they're going to have bonding with the baby. And then it was hard. Our baby would not take a bottle, mm. <laughs> even though I like tried just so that I could have yeah. a break. And that was hard for him. And I mean, there was a lot involved there. And you're so right. You're so dead mm. on that we're in this together with our with our birth partner, especially like we made this baby together. This baby was you know, hopefully <laughs> conceived out of love mm -hmm. and this beautiful sacred space. And, and then sometimes we separate a little bit and what can we do even as mothers, as wives to help them be a part of that experience. And I love that we talk about, like, it's something that if you don't talk about it beforehand right. and you are thrust into it, it's a lot harder to, you're kind of playing catch up instead of working through some of these things. I think of like, even when, before people get married and they do premarital right. counseling, like it wouldn't kill you. It would be a great thing to do some prenatal exactly. counseling. So, um, yeah, that's really great that you brought that up. So thank yeah, you for that. Before we jump off, just one quick thing. I'm wondering, again, I'm you're talking to a ton of pregnant women right now, right? <laughs> so there are some on here, though, that are like, I'm not pregnant, but I can't wait to take the birth course. And I love listening to you. And I love that, too. But for, for those, I mean, pregnant or on their way, if you have like one word of advice for these pregnant moms, knowing what you know right now, what would that be? I think I have to throw it back to what I said before. And it's really just to drink from the fire hose. Just let it let it all wash over you and gather all the information that you can and then sift through it. And it can be overwhelming, but at least we get a little bit of awareness. And, um, and then don't forget about your pelvic floor and your relationships. <laughs> but yeah, I, those, those two things I think are so important. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just really yeah. taking in all the information and there is so much and we can feel, I think yeah. kind of 
frozen with the amount of information that's coming towards sure. us. Um, but, but even if it's like putting on a podcast episode while you're, you know, going on a walk or doing laundry or, you know, at work on a break, whatever, even if you're not like totally sitting down and super focused on the thing, just kind of let it seep into your subconscious a little bit. Um, and podcasts are a great way to do that. So, um, you'll, I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think when, when you're talking about this, like fire hose, like it can seem, you know, quote unquote overwhelming, but the truth is like we get to cherry exactly. pick. So it's like we get all this information and it's like, take what you need, take what you like, mm-hmm. leave the rest. And I think listening to these things, this kind of information over and over again, you start to resonate with certain ideas and then it narrows mm-hmm. down. Right. But if you're doing that later in pregnancy or after you've had a bad experience, then it's a little it's right. a little harder. It doesn't. So giving yourself the time to be able to do that and really navigate where you want to be with your birth. I think that's yeah. excellent advice. You're so welcome. thank you. Okay, I know that everyone's going to be curious and that you guys, I will put all this in the show notes, of course, but where can all these ladies listening find yeah. you? Your podcast, your Facebook group, any social Absolutely. media? Yeah, so I would love to have anybody and everybody, as long as you're a mama, um, or no, I shouldn't say mama, as long as you're a woman um, who is at some point <laughs> interested in the motherhood journey, um, I would love for you to join our Facebook community. It's called Mamas in Training. You can find it easy on Facebook, but I'll, I'll give you the link. Um, and then you can find me over at Instagram, and that's at Mamas in Training Pod, P-O-D. And then um, everywhere, pretty much, that you would listen to podcasts, uh, just Mamas in Training and MamasInTraining.com. And I love, love, love more than anything connecting with women. And I'm always asking women, like, what are you curious about? What are you wondering about? Because since I'm not a mom, mm. I need to be in your shoes. The the best way possible. And so I really work to take those answers and make my podcast episodes based off of those answers because that's all I have to go off of. So um, please, if there's something that you're trying to find and you can't find, send me a message, reach out to me, and I'll try to find someone to answer it for you in an episode. I love that. And the mamas is M-A-M-A-S. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, M-A-M-A-S, exactly. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so you. much for your time today, so Jessica. To it's been a pleasure. Talk soon. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.